AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. 3-0, if it's to his liking, yes, he will hack. High fly ball, green light on the 3-0. That is a grand slam for Mookie Betts. Here's the next pitch. He swings it down and lifts that ball in the air. That ball's hit well in the left center field. It's out by the wall, and that ball is out of here. Otani goes the opposite way. Home run number 23 of the season. What's some odds on that? It's a fumble, and it's a recovery by Kansas City. You knew something was happening there. You just felt I just it. wasn't sure what yeah. it was. And now set up in the red zone. Trying to take the lead. Mahomes goes for it right away. Wide open. Touchdown. Valdez Scantling. The Chiefs have the first lead in the Super Bowl. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! For your legendary career, what does this title mean to you, this one specifically? Man, I don't know, but I'm going to celebrate it with these people right here, man. Hey, on three, one, two, three, how about those? Jeez! Takes it in. Dad Young knows that. He comes out the double team and they take it away. Live pass ahead. Layup for Thaddeus. Well, and see again, that's linked. Davis, the layup, under 10 seconds to go. And Carolina will call off the dogs and allow Syracuse to close out an upset of number seven, North Carolina. And here comes the student section from Syracuse. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 14th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the 2024 Dodgers over under 102 wins. The 49ers, will they have a Super Bowl loser hangover? Andy Reid, must the Chiefs make him the league's highest paid head coach? The 2024 Arizona Cardinals, is number 22 too high, too low, or just right? The Suns has Thaddeus wrong. Uh, excuse me. Does Thaddeus Young get them any closer to winning a championship? Meanwhile, from today's national roundup, Syracuse beats North Carolina, which is good news for the U of A. And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, we'll have a Dodgers spring training update with Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register. 10-30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. Also, some bottom line from today. And also, local roundup stuff taught by Sons and Kings from last night. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, including a combination of uh, the latest line, ripped from the headlines, from the wire, from the scoreboard, wherever I can jam it into the final segment of the hour. Then after the Sports Zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is the 2024 Dodgers over or under 102 wins in 2024. And Kayla is here and has the early returns. We're in a 50-50 split between over and under. There are several one-loss projections already out there. It seems as if 102 is the consensus on that. Today's ex-poll question, will the 49ers have a Super Bowl loser hangover and not even reach the 2024 NFC Championship game? And once again, Kayla has the early returns. Over on X at KDOS AM 1060, yes, leading the way at 60% of the vote, no trailing at 40%. The 49ers certainly have roster decisions to make. Uh, They're reportedly $44 million over the uh, projected 2024 salary cap. They also have nine players uh, that right now have career, you know, future earnings, I'll put it that way, future earnings, not just next season, but beyond, of $212 million. Meanwhile, sticking with the NFL, Andy Reid is believed to be the third highest uh, paid coach in the NFL right now, behind the Broncos' Sean Payton and the Chargers' Jim Harbaugh, who has not coached an NFL game in a few years. Uh, must the Chiefs rework Andy Reid's contract and make him the highest-paid coach in the NFL? Meanwhile, on the local front, uh, the Cardinals are 22nd in the early 2024 NFL power rankings at FoxSports.com, which is the highest I could find. Uh, went through a series of websites yesterday, and that's the highest I saw, at least on the ones that I browsed yesterday afternoon. Uh, the 2024 Cardinals, number 22 uh, in the power rankings, the, the way too early power rankings, uh, too high, too low, or just right. Meanwhile, the Suns are trying to improve. Last week they added Royce O'Neal and also uh, you know, David Roddy uh, in trades. They added, uh, you know, Apparently they've reached terms with Thaddeus Young. Uh, and uh, he's going to be part of the roster here. They're reportedly interested in also adding Danilo Danilo Gallinari. I've always had trouble saying this. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Okay. I need to come up with a nickname if he comes here. Uh, Who was waived last last week by the Pistons after they unsuccessfully tried to trade him before the deadline. Does Thaddeus Young make the Suns any – does he get them any closer to winning an NBA championship? And when Gallinari – would he be helpful? Let's put it that way. Meanwhile, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. 
Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at x.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by a Dodgers spring training update. Bill Plunkett will join us from the Orange County Register. The Dodgers and uh, pitchers and catchers actually reported late last week. You know, they have the two early games against the Padres before the rest of the Major League Baseball begins its season. So uh, the Dodgers and Padres reported last week. Everybody else reporting at some time this week, the other 28 teams in Major League Baseball. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some bottom line answers from today's pipeline that you just heard uh, as far as the pipeline questions go. And time pending, uh, we'll get to some local roundup, including some Suns and Kings analysis from Tuesday night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. The Dodgers 2024 season in the National League playoffs. It ended the playoff series when they were swept by the Diamondbacks out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in sports owned by Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register. And, Bill, let's start with this. Yeah, I found this quote on your, you know, from Andrew Friedman at the end of last year talking about the end of the season and how the, uh, you know, the playoffs are the, uh, the outcome-based uh, justice system. And he says he gets it. Uh, they obviously uh, responded, Friedman and the Dodgers' ownership responded by spending on Tawny and uh, Yamamoto in the offseason. Uh, and they spent a lot. Uh, are you surprised that they were that aggressive during the offseason? Not surprised they were that aggressive. Surprised at some of the numbers. Uh, I, they were going to go as high as it took to get Otani. So that part didn't surprise me. Uh, Yamamoto getting as much as he did was, I think, surprised all of baseball. I mean, a guy who hasn't thrown a pitch in a major league game has the biggest contract ever given to a to a pitcher, so that was surprising. Uh, really, I, they went into the off season with a with a wish list of probably Otani, Yamamoto, Glasnow, and hit on every one. And there's not many winners where you go, you know, with three big targets like that and land them all. So that part was surprising that they were able to pull it all together in the same off season. Obviously, Otani uh, coming off the Tommy John surgery will not pitch this season. I know there's been speculation that the Dodgers will go with a six-man rotation in 2024. Uh, do we know or believe that that's going to happen? No, they won't. Uh, it, it won't be a consistent thing. It'll be an occasional thing, and they've done that before. Uh, since Friedman got here, they've been very mindful of, of pitcher workloads, and they will 
you know, call a guy up from the minors for a spot start. They will uh, use off days to stretch the rotation out. They will, uh, you know, send a starting pitcher to to the IL for a relatively minor uh, injury just because it gives them a little two-week shutdown. They'll do all of those things to keep the overall workload down, uh, but you won't see a six-man rotation except for, you know, an occasional once through the through the rotation type thing. You mentioned Yamamoto coming over for Japan. What are realistic expectations with his first season pitching in the U.S.? I don't think we really know. I think uh, things are a little different than when, say, Nomo or Kuroda, some of the, the first generation of Japanese starting pitchers who came over here. Things are much more quantified now. Every... Uh, front office could check the analytics on Yamamoto and see, uh, you know, his velocity, his spin rate, the shape of his pitches, all those kind of things, and analyze them and make their projections of how that play would play in a major league game. With him, the big question is the workload. Because he's uh, his whole career in Japan, he's pitched once a week. He's going to have to pitch more often than that now. Uh, they'll be careful with him, but how he handles that workload is probably uh, the biggest question mark. But they, the Dodgers are confident that he is a front-of-the-rotation starter. I think we look at, uh, you know, Kodai Senga, Kodai Senga from the, the Mets last year and how successful mm-hmm. he was. Well, Yamamoto is a better pitcher than Senga. So uh, I think we can expect even better numbers, even better performance from Yamamoto. There are several other pitchers. You mentioned Glass now, other guys in the mix for the rotation spots. I know we're less than one week into spring training, but any idea how that might shake out as far as the rotation to start the season? Yeah, the best guess is uh, Yamamoto and Glass now will be the two starters when they go to Korea uh, for those two games against the Padres. And then they'll reset when they come back. I think you'll see... Uh, Glasnow, Yamamoto, uh, Bobby Miller, James Paxton, and then one of the young guys, probably I would put my money on Emmett Sheehan uh, to fill out the rotation early because they're going to be slow playing it with Walker Bueller. He's coming back from his second Tommy John. He's he's well recovered. He's, you know, throwing bullpens and such like every other pitcher in spring but they want to keep his workload down uh, over the course of the season. And rather than start him early in the year, give him a break in the middle and then have him ramp up again or risk having him, you know, be running on fumes when it gets to October, mm-hmm. they will start him late. So I don't think we'll see him in a, in a game until May. Okay. In addition to the Bueller thing, obviously Clayton Kershaw re-signed just recently after the shoulder surgery in the off season, uh, you know what's the forecast for him in 2024? Yeah, I don't. Uh, best case, I don't think we see him until after the All Star break. Maybe not even until August. So I think you're looking at maybe 10 starts before the end of the year. That would probably be on the high end, and then he would be available for uh, any any postseason run. But it, it's still very much a question mark how a pitcher uh, of his age with his mileage 
how he bounces back from a major shoulder surgery. So that's yeah, that's still something that's kind of a they're not even thinking about it. You know, when he starts uh, ramping up and maybe starts uh, a rehab assignment in June, July, then it becomes a reality, and then then you can talk about it. But for now, that's just off in the distance. Evan Phillips uh, returns as the closer, at least uh, for now. Uh, there, I know there was some Kenley Jansen talk in Boston about trading him. Uh, would the Dodgers be interested in Jansen bringing him back? I'm skeptical. Uh, they were sniffing around Josh Hader, uh, mainly because they thought they might be able to get a bargain. His market didn't uh, go the way he expected this off season, so but nothing came of that. Uh, there's a lot of rumors with the Kenley Jansen thing, but I, I just don't see him making that trade. It, it would surprise me. Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register currently in the sports zone as we uh, look at the Dodgers heading into spring training. They already started late last week. Uh, the Dodgers, they're going to score some runs. That's not exactly breaking news. <laughs> They've added Otani to the lineup. If you were an opposing pitching coach, manager, or starting pitcher, what would be the best way to try to negotiate through the line, through that lineup, and how, how would you try to pitch them? Well, you might want to get sick that day. Call in sick and, <laughs> and, and go to work the next week. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're looking at three MVPs to start off the lineup. That's Freeman Otani. Uh, then Will Smith has established himself as a pretty good hitter, pretty good RBI guy. And then you've got Muncie and Teoscar Hernandez and on and on. It's it's a difficult lineup. I think it will be easier for left-handed pitchers when they face them. Uh, you know, you negate some of the power of uh, Freeman, Otani, uh, some of the platoon guys in the outfield, Outman and Hayward. So maybe yeah, learn to throw left-handed. That might give you a slight advantage. But they scored over 900 runs last year, uh, first time in L.A. Dodger history. And then they got better. They they added Otani uh, Hernandez. Don't uh, don't sleep on that addition. He's a, he's mm-hmm. really good against left-handed pitching. And they didn't have that guy last year. Uh, you know they had Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez and some of those guys uh, Ahmed Rosario that they added during the season. And they weren't as dangerous against left-handed pitching last year. Hernandez Hernandez could uh, solve a lot of that. Gavin Lux, uh, he's coming off the uh, torn ACL from spring training last year. Uh, is he there every day starting shortstop to begin the season? Yeah, he looks uh, – he's been here for a week now. He came in even before pitchers and catchers and has been working out here on a regular basis. Looks to be moving fine. There's no restrictions on him. He'll be playing Cactus League games. Uh, I think they will take it easy on him, give him – frequent days off with Miguel Rojas or Chris Taylor starting there. Uh, but the plan is for him to be the primary shortstop. I think that's probably the, the biggest blemish on this team right now is the defense on the left side of the infield. Uh, mm-hmm. Lux is a bit of a question mark. He had some throwing issues when he was a second baseman. Uh, and Max Muncy really had a poor season defensively at third base. So now you're going to put those two guys next to each other. So if there's anything that I, that uh, you can point to as a real blemish 
on this roster. It might be the left side defense. The right side defense is pretty good with Freeman, obviously, and Mookie Betts. I just want to ask the transformation from outfield and right field. I know he was a second baseman when he came up with the Red Sox, but now second base. It's amazing that he's that good an athlete to be able to pull that off and be so so good at it. He's a remarkable athlete. It's not just uh, baseball. We were joking with uh, one of the TV producers for the Dodgers uh, station. We said they should have a weekly show where Mookie plays a different sport and shows how good he is at it. You know, lacrosse one week, uh, rugby the next. He he is just a remarkable athlete, and I would not be surprised if he won a gold glove at second base this year or the next year. He's he's that good. He's just got fantastic physical skills, understands angles and all of that. He, he's He's terrific, and honestly... He was bored in the outfield, so he was he's more engaged and, and more excited about playing uh, the infield than he would be about going out and winning another gold glove in right field. Talking Dodgers with Bill Plunkett from the Orange County Register. So what else should we know about the Dodgers on this February the 14th? That they're going to be really good, and it doesn't matter until October. I mean, this is uh, – this is the storyline with these guys year after year now. They, they win 100 games, and then they have an October problem. So, you know, I think you can pencil them in as another division title and into the, into the postseason. But none of that matters if they flame out in October again. That, uh, that's the bottom line. And this is, you know, they're kind of used to the whole World Series or bust expectations. That's nothing new. Uh, but they've busted you know, last two years, three of the last five, I think it is, out in the first round. And after you spend a billion dollars in the offseason, you can't do that. What's your analysis of the rest of the NL West? Uh, I'm skeptical about the, how the Diamondbacks bounced back after last year. Uh, you know, th- things went ahead of schedule last year. They were not. They were going to be good. They had the young guys coming along. Uh, but the the learning curve or, or everything was accelerated by last year. Now, do they take a step back this year? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I I think they are the, the only threat in the division to the Dodgers. I don't. Uh, I think the Padres have some massive holes in their roster. The the Giants just don't have uh, a lot of elite level players. I think their pitching is going to be really good, and that'll keep them in games. Uh, and then the Rockies, we don't even need to talk about the Rockies. They're they're no, we really don't. dreadful. Yeah. We, we, we've disqualified, disqualified them from competition here. Uh, last Might as years, well. For sure. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel bad for Bud Black. He's a, he's a good manager, a terrific yeah. guy, and he just has nothing to work with there. You mentioned Bud Black. I know he's a Bruce Springsteen fan. I believe, if I remember correctly, you're a Bruce Springsteen E Street Band Huge. fan. Huge yeah, Bruce me, fan. Me yeah, me too. Me too. Saw him first time here in 1974 at the Celebrity Theater when there was like a thousand people there. Uh, March 19th, he's here in Phoenix, and I noticed he's in L.A. The fourth and the seventh, but the Dodgers are on the road. Are you gonna be able to pull this yeah. off? Yeah. Uh, March 25th, San Diego. All right. Good I'll deal. be there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, I think those are the first, I think those are the first two shows after he come back comes back from the uh, from the illness. So, 
think we're in business there. And who knows what he's going to be playing, right? Uh, yeah, you never know which one of these tours might be the last one, so I'm not going to miss it. That's that's also true. Last one for me, too, maybe. <laughs> All right, Bill, <laughs> exactly. good stuff. <laughs> Bill, always it. appreciate it. Thanks for making time for us. Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register. In the next segment of the Be Phone Call Time, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. And time pending, we'll get to uh, more than a couple of things in the local roundup, including the Suns and the Kings from last night. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. for the team and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. here on KTUS AM 1060 and KTUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Center with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to the KTUS hotline 602-260-1060. It is, uh, you want to get in, general discussion, so jump aboard. We got extra time today, then we got room for you right now, 602-260-1060. Let's uh, dive into some uh, bottom line uh, questions and answers uh, for today. Uh, The pipeline today starts with the poll questions, of course. Then today's poll questions, the 2024 Dodgers over under 102 wins in 2024. You heard Bill mention in the last segment, 100-plus. Also, uh, the X-Poll question today is, uh, will the 49ers have a Super Bowl hangover and not even reach the 2024 NFC Championship game? Obviously, we have a uh, uh, littered history of Super Bowl losers not doing particularly well the next season, including the Eagles this past year, of course, who did make the playoffs but made a cameo in the postseason and I don't necessarily think that the defense, uh, you know, a lot of missed tackles in that game and against Tampa and uh, was not exactly a sterling performance and they faded badly in the, the end of the season there. We'll answer those poll questions during the extra point hosted by Kayla. We'll answer those around 1230 today. Meanwhile, the rest of the pipeline questions for today. Uh, must the Chiefs rework Andy Reid's contract, um, you know, make him the highest paid coach in the NFL? I think the bottom line is I'm not sure about the word must, but the uh, the Chiefs should rip up Andy Reid's contract and make him the highest paid coach in the NFL. Right now he's third. We believe he's third. I don't think there's like an official, you know, it obviously doesn't count against the cap or anything, but it's believed that Sean Payton, in fact, I think pretty, pretty much everybody believes that Sean Payton's the highest paid coach when he signed with Denver last year. And Jim Harbaugh, who signed just a couple of weeks ago, or I don't know exactly when he signed, but when he went to the Chargers, he's number two. And Andy Reid is believed to be number three. Also, uh, in the uh, pipeline today, uh, the uh, 2024 Cardinals, number two. 
league-wide rankings, if you go by the foxsports.com in the way-too-early rankings, is that too high, too low, or just right? Right now, I would say that that's too high because the roster has many holes. I think the, the basically the uh, Cardinals, are gonna, it's going to take a couple years for them to rebuild this roster, but they do have double-digit draft picks, and they do have some cap space. I'm curious how many free agents actually would be willing to come play for a team that likely is a couple of years away from being a contender. Meanwhile, does Thaddeus Young, uh, does he make the Suns an NBA championship contender? Does he actually get them closer to winning the NBA championship? And also, can Gallinari, who they're supposedly considering, uh, would he be uh, useful? Uh, the bottom line here is that Young is 17 years into his NBA career. Uh, chances of him being a difference-making player I think would be surprising. Gallinari looked done in his time this season with Detroit and really uh, looked at some numbers yesterday. Really hasn't had a particularly good season since 2019. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? If you want to jump aboard, time and room once again for this segment if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. All right, let's get to some local roundup here. The Suns, they came through in clutch time and did not blow another fourth-quarter lead last night. Those have been two issues for much of the season. Last night, the Suns ended the game on an 8-3 run. They won 130-125 to against the Kings at home. Uh, they've now split their four games so far this season against the Kings. There's a fifth game uh, in the regular season with the Kings this year because, remember, the fifth game was added because they lost, uh, as did the Kings, in the semifinals of the in-season tournament. So that's why there's five meetings during the regular season between the Kings and the Suns. And that's great because it's fun to watch these teams run up and down the floor. Neither of them are particularly good defensively. In fact, I would say that neither of them are any good at all defensively. Uh, the Suns win last night 130-125. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites. They win by five. The stretch run last night included Royce O'Neal being on the floor. And among other things, he had a pivotal three-point field goal in that fourth quarter. X-factors from last night. The Suns were plus 11 at the free throw line. They made 29 out of 36 compared to 10 out of, uh, excuse me, 18 to 24 uh, for the Kings. So they outscored them at the line, you know, 29 to 18. Suns were also plus 12 from behind the arc. This was a little bit surprising because the Suns have uh, – not been great in that area in uh, with consistency, or at least volume, let's put it that way. But last night, there were 13 out of 31. The Kings also had 31 three-point field goal attempts. They only made nine. Individually, Devin Booker missed nine of his first 10 field goal attempts in the game last night. But he finished the game uh, very strong. Uh, and uh, He finished the game with 25 points. He ended up making 7 of 17 from the field. After that, uh, you know, one for ten start, and he was also eleven out of thirteen from the free throw line. Personnel news: unfortunately, more bad Bradley Beal news here. Uh, he left the game early in the first quarter, did not return because of a hamstring injury. As we mentioned several times since the Suns signed him, it's been a long time. I don't believe it's uh, fifty-nine. He has played more than fifty-nine games since the two thousand and nineteen season. Meanwhile, the bottom line, the Suns moved up one spot in the Western Conference standings. 
uh, because of the uh, game last night, because of the victory last night. They're now fifth overall. Yeah, they were actually, uh, if, if the Kings had won that like game last night, the Kings would have moved ahead of the Suns in the Western Conference playoff standings. Get to those standings are just a part of a, the standings in just a moment here. Uh, the Suns play again tonight. Back-to-back, you go, oh, that's not great because they had to run up and down the floor and expend energy last night. Well, probably not a problem uh, because they play the 8-45 and Pistons, uh, worst record of the NBA. The Pistons are here tonight, and that means the Monty Williams return to Phoenix night tonight. And uh, as I mentioned, their eight wins, the lowest in the NBA for any team so far this season. As far as the Western Conference, those top four teams, it's going to have to take a massive collapse for them not to end up in the top four in some order this year. That's Minnesota, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, and also Denver. The Suns currently occupy the fifth seed. Same record as New Orleans at 32 and 22, but the Suns have the tiebreaker. So New Orleans is six. Dallas sitting at seven with 23 losses. Sacramento drops now to eighth with 23 losses. And then ninth and 10th are the Lakers and Golden State. And we were wondering just as recently as a week ago uh, you know, whether those teams were actually going to be in the playoffs. Well, they won of late, and uh, Utah is just continue to plunge. I mean, they're having a rough time. They've only uh, won four of their last nine games, uh, four of their last 11 games, in fact, at this point. The Lakers sitting at 26 losses. Uh, and uh, also Golden State's now 26 and 25. But uh, those teams, uh, at least right now, uh, they're you know two games ahead of everybody else as far as the battle for the final two spots in the play-in tournament. Tonight, ASU also plays. They play Oregon State. Um, this has not been a uh, competitive series, at least in Tempe. ASU has won the last 14 meetings in Tempe against Oregon State. Meanwhile, the U of A uh, keeps on uh, moving up, uh, depending on which bracketologist you look at, and pretty much almost all the bracketologists now have the U of A as the number one seed after their weekend or last week's sweep of uh, Utah and Colorado. Also, this is even before North Carolina lost last night. And remember, Tennessee got blitzed over the weekend against Texas A&M. That's when the U of A seemed to move into the number one seed in most of the bracketology world. Uh, the USA Today has now joined um, the uh, ESPN and uh, CBS bracketology people. And uh, they are, we mentioned on Monday and Tuesday that ESPN and CBS had the U of A number one seed. And then I noticed yesterday afternoon that USA Today also has that. As far as the Pac-12 standings go, the U of A in first place, uh, if they'd lost on Saturday night against Colorado, the U of A would actually have been in second place. But uh, the U of A, 10-3. Washington State sitting at 9-4 at this point. Then you got Oregon and UCLA tied for third at 8-5. and five. All right, on the phone lines we go. Rob and Mesa, what's going on, Rob? Well, baseball season, Bob. Getting, getting fired up here. Pitchers and catchers coming in. Position players next week's getting exciting. Um, I'm gonna get nostalgic on you. I was watching a Cubs classic on Marquee, and it was Fergie Jenkins. He had pitched 11 complete games in a row. Um, <laughs> it was, this was the last one against the Giants with uh, 
Bobby Bonds, um, McCovey, those teams. But could you imagine a pitcher today getting two complete games in a row? Uh, I, I'm assuming that it's happened occasionally here in the last few years. I can't recite the actual time that it's happened and who did it. Uh, but you know, certainly it's, uh, with a high, in, high infrequency, if that's a word. Yeah. I was just, what made me think of it was talking about the, uh, Dodgers and their possible six man rotation and the innings limits, the guys mm-hmm. coming off injuries, which, you know, can't avoid injuries, unfortunately. And then I seen another photo of Ted Kozuski getting in the batter's box. This guy did not have sleeves. No that bat, is correct. No protection helmet, and he's yep. in there just cranking home run after home run for the Reds back in the day. Well, today That's you got true. guys in there with all kinds of body armor, face mask. I mean, it's just such a different game and you know different times. But just kind of got me all fired up for baseball. Okay, well, I think there's some explanations for these two things. First up, the pitching thing. Yeah, I'm sure it's wonderful that Jenkins and other pitchers threw all those innings back in the day. Uh, but the longevity of their careers were certainly damaged by that in the most part, unless you're like Nolan Ryan, and that didn't seem to matter for him, but it did for most pitchers. And you know, the idea of pitch counts and you know, you know, five, six-man rotations, in those days there were you know, three- and four-man rotations, you know, I think that has actually helped starting pitchers and the longevity of their careers. Now, the one thing that's hurt their numbers some – is obviously they don't pitch deep into games as much as as they used to. Plus, there was really no such thing. Well, I shouldn't say no such thing. There were very few teams that had a, quote, closer at the end of the game and obviously a bridge with a bullpen and so forth. So there's that. As far as the body armor thing goes, uh, you know, no offense to the uh, pitchers of the you know, 60s, 70s, and before then. Uh, and even 80s for that matter, and maybe even the 90s for, to, to, for some. But the you know, the fact that the velocity of you know, pitchers, and especially relief pitchers, it, you know, hardly any relief pitcher is a soft tossing relief pitcher. You know, the uh, those guys, it, it, it hurts more when you get hit. Then <laughs> under the protection, I think is a good idea too. So I actually think while it kind of screws up the numerical history of the game. As far as, you know, the offense and the defense and the pitching and so forth, I think it actually, in all areas, I think it actually has made the game better. And and, uh, back to the pitchers, the financial investment in these pitchers today compared to back then. So, I, you know, just the whole basis of, you know, you don't want them to pitch until they get hurt. You want as much as you can get out of them without the injury. So I, I see that, too. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, just the way that uh, obviously baseball inflation is a whole different uh, world than actual, uh, you know, world, the real world inflation. But, uh, you know, that is uh, needless to say, just the, uh, you know, the, the, the dollars generated in the sport. Uh, and uh, not all owners, unfortunately, uh, put back into team payroll. But, uh, you know, I think the, the majority of the good teams, Tampa Bay comes to mind as a team that is, done a good job of not, you know, overspending or spending at all in some cases and still been successful, but there's not too many examples of a team that's taken that approach. On to a different subject, the uh, the Scott Boris free agents. Do you see this getting close with spring 
training firing up? Because I know you don't want to miss the first couple of weeks of spring training as a player because that just sets you back. But do you, do you see Boris's his his guys getting in there hopefully? Or is he? We'll see. I mean, stand, I think it's actually bigger. I think it's a. I'm sorry. I think it's a bigger deal for the pitchers than it is the hitters. Um, uh, you know, the hitters only need a couple weeks. They'll be, they'll be telling you they've said that forever. Uh, the pitchers need to build up some arm strength for sure. And I'm sure, you know, the uh, you know Blake Snell's of the world, uh, the Jordan Montgomery's of the world, who were you know Boris clients, as is Cody Bellinger. Um, I would assume they've been you know, working out on the side and bring, building up arm strength with your pitcher and Bellinger's just not you know sitting and. And uh, you know Scottsdale somewhere. I guess he's from you know, you know Gilbert or that area. Wherever he, I don't even know if he lives in the valley. Uh, he's from here. I assume. I assume uh, he, he, he's a smart guy. He's got to live here, right? But anyway, I can't imagine Probably he's just sitting around. Show. There you go. I'm he sure. Hello, Mister. Yeah, hello. give us a call, Mister Bellinger. We'll get to you immediately. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah. The Boris thing is interesting right now. He does have the top free agents out there for sure. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the Sports Zone in the next segment with the National Roundup. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's National Roundup. Final segment of today's Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. little latest line action tonight uh, to start the national roundups. Kind of a continuation of the local roundup here. Suns and Pistons tonight. Suns open a 13.5 point favorite. The consensus line now is the Suns at 13. Big move in the total here. The opening number was 239.5. Now the consensus number 234.5. That's a five-point move in the line moving down. As far as ASU and Oregon State, uh, ASU opened a seven-point favorite, still a seven-point favorite total, sitting roughly at 136.5 as far as the consensus on the total tonight as they play in Tempe. Meanwhile, a couple of things. Uh, North Carolina's chances of getting a number one seed took a hit last night, and that's good news for the U of A. Uh, you know, Jediah Mintz had 25 points, and uh, including 16 in the second half. And Syracuse uh, defeated North Carolina 76 to uh, you know, uh, excuse me, 70. You know, I'll get this right, 80 to 79 last night. Uh, they uh, won that game. No, I got it wrong the second time too. 86 to 79. There we go. 86 to 79. They actually rushed the court at Syracuse, and you thought, wow. Uh, but that was their first win over a top 10 uh, team since 2019. They've been some lean years, obviously. You know, Jim, Jim Bayon retired at the end of last year. And, you know, Red Autry is now the, uh, the head coach there. Syracuse couldn't miss. They're not a great shooting team usually. They were last night, 63% from the field, 47% from three. Uh, Carolina is quite the week. Uh, you know, they, they play now Virginia Tech this week also. Uh, and they'll see how this goes. And uh, you know, Carolina now drops to 19 and six overall, 11 and three in the ACC, which a damage into their number one seed hopes. 
Kentucky did not lose a third straight game for the first time since World War I. Uh, they had lost two straight, three straight home games, first time since Rupp Arena opened uh, in the uh, 70s, uh, but they did not lose four in a row. World War I, I'm not kidding there, it was 1916, the last time they lost four straight home games, and I was not there to watch it, uh, as contrary to popular belief. Uh, as Kentucky beat Old Miss last night, 75-63. to A couple other quick things here uh, from the NFL. Uh, you know, basically so much for the previously absurd idea that legalized sports gambling is going to damage Nevada sports gambling. Uh, Super Bowl 56 produced the highest handle in the state of Nevada ever for a Super Bowl. Uh, also, uh, you know, Eric Armstead, uh, we, I, you know, he missed some time at, uh, in December and in the early January part of the year. Uh, turns out he had a torn meniscus that he suffered on December the 3rd. And uh, the 49ers defensive tackle underwent surgery on Tuesday. Hassan Reddick, former Cardinal, uh, basically refuted a report that he had been asked to be traded by the Eagles. That was reported over the weekend by ESPN. Chris Holtman, the Ohio State University basketball coach, is no longer. He was fired this morning after another pathetic loss last night. Uh, you know, maybe not. Well, Wisconsin had lost four in a row. Uh, and Ohio State went into Wisconsin and Madison last night and basically had no chance, and Holtman was fired this morning. All right, that's it for the uh, Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The Extra Point coming up, uh, hosted by Kayla, of course, coming up next. It's more phone call time, among other fun things, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.